All right, it looks like everybody's had an opportunity to give. Uh, let's stand, and we're going to sing one more song before Pat comes out and gives us the message.
Can you hear me? How's everybody doing? Doing good? All right, today we're going to talk about the way forward. The way forward. And I just, I just got to say, Cody and Camille, you guys did an amazing job with our community message. Thank you so much. Like, I don't even need to come up here and, and preach my sermon. Yeah, we'll just go home. But no, it's great because, you know, today I want to talk about the way forward, how to keep moving forward through change, through transition, which is a relevant, relevant message today because we have a moving up ceremony, right? So a lot of, uh, of those in our youth and family ministry are going to be moving up. But it's a relevant message for all of us as well because we all face change, right? We all face uh, transitions in our lives. We all face hardships. Sometimes we get some things thrown our way, and we seek to know how do we keep moving forward through that. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I believe, and I know we all, all of us here believe, that the way forward is in God. Holding on to God is the way forward. Uh, there's a story in the Bible um, that to me speaks to this ability to keep moving forward through change. To keep being able to fight despite the circumstances that you find yourself in. Or the apprehension about possibly a new change approaching in your life. And that story is the story of Joseph. And to me, Joseph speaks to me of that. And you know, some changes are awesome. Some changes are terrible. And some changes are a mixture of both, right? It can be bittersweet as well. So we're going we're gonna to start with this story of Joseph. And, and really look at how did he keep moving forward despite his circumstances. So we'll look in Genesis 37, 5 through 7. This is where the uh, story begins for Joseph. It says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. It'd be hard to hear as a brother. I have four siblings. If my youngest brother came to you with that, I would have felt weird about him. I would have said, what are you saying here, bro? My, although he does say that to me a lot anyway, so. Especially in the gym. But anyways, you know, God told, God told Joseph something. He gave him a dream. He made him a promise in the form of a dream. And Joseph knew that this was going to happen. At this point in the story, Joseph doesn't know for sure exactly how that's going to take shape, how that promise is going to be actualized and realized. But, but God gave him that, that, that dream. God told him something. And I believe he never let go of that throughout his whole life, throughout all of his trials. And for us as Christians, God makes a lot of promises to us as well in Christ. And you can just read through the Bible and you have so many promises that no matter what you're going through, no matter what we're going through, we can hold on to them to get through any of our trials, any of our situations. So Joseph, right, he tells this dream uh, to, his, to his brothers. And let's look at this supportive family uh, reaction here. Genesis 37, verse 19. Here comes that dreamer. They said to each other, come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of those cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. 
You know, and they were going to go ahead with this plan to kill him. Then the brothers, you know, they had a meeting of the minds, right, led by Reuben. And they decided that, okay, we're not going to kill him. We're just going to sell him. We're going to sell him into slavery is what they decided to do. So, and I love this point where it says, it talks about, here comes this dreamer. Almost like it was a bad thing, right? Is it bad to be a dreamer? Is it wrong to be a dreamer? But they hated his dreams. They hated it that he had this special connection with God. Here comes that. How dare he dream? How dare he believe? How dare he have faith? How dare he be so positive in such a cynical world? You know, here comes that kid that thinks God speaks to him. How can he think that? Here comes that person that thinks, oh, I have a special connection with God. Here comes that person that, oh, he's always in his Bible every day. Here comes that girl that she's so committed to God. I just don't like it because I don't because I, I do everything she doesn't do. Right. And so it's hard, you know, to hold on to our dreams, to hold on to our promises for God. But Joseph knew that God had a plan for him, just like Cody and Camille were sharing. Like God has a plan. He always does. And it. And so now he's being sold into slavery by his brothers. I bet you he's wondering, what about this dream that I had? What about this faith that I had? What about this vision that God gave me? And whenever we approach change or a new chapter of our lives, we have to go into it with dreams, with vision, with faith, with hope, no matter what it is, holding on to God tightly. Holding on to God is what got me through some of the most challenging moments in my life. Where I can go to God and I can say, God, why? What is going on? Why are you doing this? And it makes sense of any transition, any change that I've ever been through in my life. We have to go into any new transition knowing that the next chapter in our lives is going to be better than the last. We have to go in with a dream that God is going to use me to do something amazing. No matter what transition we're going through. We have to go in with a dream that I'm going to see God do amazing things. And so imagine Joseph. It must have been hard to believe that at this time in his life. But if a change is occurring for any of you here, a transition, and it happens for all of us, it's always an opportunity for God to move. There's always an answer to why this is happening. And as Cody and Camille shared, there's always a bigger picture that God is working out. There's this, um, I was in Spain recently, which was awesome, and I uh, got to see Will and Kristen Lambert, uh, our missionaries, right? And um, yes, and they miss you all the time. They wanted to send their love uh, to you guys. But um, a lot of them in Spain, they're reading this book uh, that I heard about. It's called The Healing of the Wounded Idealist. And, and basically, the premise of this book is that behind every cynic is a wounded idealist is behind every cynical person is someone who once had a lot of vision, once had a lot of faith, once had a lot of hope, but the world stomped it out. And it becomes cynical. And so the whole book is dedicated to healing that idealistic heart. And I want to encourage everybody here, don't let the world make you cynical. You know, Joseph could have easily got cynical in this story. And we'll keep following him to see what happens. But don't let people kill your hope in God. Don't let the world destroy your faith. Hold on to God tightly. Hold on to his promises tightly. I want to share a, a, a brief clip right at this time. You know, living with you hasn't been easy. 
People see me, but they think of you. Now with all this going on, this is going to be worse than ever. It don't have to be. No, sure it does. Why? You got a lot going on, kid. Well, my last name? That's the reason I got a decent job. That's the reason why people deal with me in the first place. Now I start to get a little ahead. I start to get a little something for myself. And this happens. Now I'm asking you as a favor not to go through with this, okay? This is only going to end up bad for you, and it's going to end up bad for me. You think I'm hurting you? Yeah, in a way you are. That's the last thing I ever wanted to do. I know that's not what you want to do, but that's just the way that it is. Don't you care what people think? Doesn't it bother you that, that people are making you have to be a joke and that I'm going to be included in that? Do you think that's right? Do you? I ain't going to believe this. But you used to fit right here. I'd hold you up to say to your mother, this kid's going to be the best kid in the world. This kid's going to be somebody better than anybody ever knew. And you grew up good and wonderful. It was great just watching every day. It was like a privilege. Can the time come for you to be your own man and take on the world? And you did. But somewhere along the line, you changed. You stopped being you. You let people stick a finger in your face and tell you you're no good. And with being John Hard, you started looking for something to blame. Like a big shadow. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, then go out and get what you're worth. But you've got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that. I'm always going to love you no matter what. No matter what happens. You're my son and you're my blood. You're the best thing in my life. But until you start believing in yourself, you ain't gonna have a life. Don't forget to visit your mother. So, Rocky's son, he started to become cynical about the world. He started letting other people's opinions, other people's perceptions dictate who he was. And then as soon as times got challenging, as, as soon as the dream was questioned, as soon as he got a little pushback, started pointing fingers, right? And so I would say he's a wounded idealist. He had a dream, he had a vision, and something changed. Something along the way changed. And for anybody, the seniors going to college, anybody moving up, just as it says, and as the Bible tells us, the world is not an easy place. It punches hard. It throws haymakers. But hold on to your faith. Hold on to your relationship with God. And that's for all of us here, no matter what's happening, hold on to it. You've got to hold on to it so tightly. 
seeking God, seeking the answers. It's the only way to keep moving forward through adversity. Is if things start make, stop making sense about why they're happening, that's when we start dying spiritually. If we can't figure out why God is doing something in our lives, that's the first step in losing our faith. We have to at each stage in our lives figure out, God, why are you doing this? Seek meaning in it. And I believe, I believe he got to a point where he stopped seeking meaning. And he has his dad to call him back to it. James talks about in chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, it talks about how we can consider a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Pure joy to face trials of many kinds. And believe, for all of us here that are still on earth, we will face trials of many kinds. You might not be going through one now. You might be going through one now. But one thing is for sure, we will all face trials of many kinds. And we can consider it pure joy because we have a relationship with God that can transcend our problems, that can transcend our issues. And he has a bigger plan. And it's way better than the circumstances right now. We can't just give up as soon as we receive a little pushback about our faith. We can't just throw in the towel. We've got to keep answering the call. Keep responding to God's words. When things don't go the way you hoped, we have to ask God why. Sometimes it may mean that the dream is not yet ready to be realized. Sometimes it may mean that God is still molding you, getting you ready. Sometimes it may mean the dream is good, but your way of getting there is different than God's. And we can give up so easy, right? We just give up so easy. But let that not be said about us as disciples, as people of faith. That we don't just give up at the first sign of things not going our way. That we don't just throw in the towel as soon as we get hit with a punch by life. Right? That we keep moving forward. And that's what happened with, with Joseph. I want to encourage everybody here. Do you have a dream for the next chapter of your life? Do you have a dream? Despite what may be happening right now, do you have a, a dream for the next chapter? The story of Joseph continues. And um, he goes on to be accused of... Uh, a crime, he's thrown in jail, and he's forgotten about in jail. So his story gets actually worse after his brothers sell him into slavery. How would you be feeling at this point in your story? After years of this, how would you be feeling? You had this dream. God gave you this dream. And you're so idealistic, so hopeful, so faithful. And the world just hits you with blow after blow after blow. A lot of us would become cynical, tempted to give up. I know I would. I would be tempted to throw in a towel. Just had enough. All right? I'm ready to just pack my bags and live a comfortable life. I don't want to keep fighting. But how do you protect the dream? How do you protect your dream? How do you protect your faith, your walk with God? Keep moving forward. Keep seeking the answer to why. God, what, why are you doing this? And if, and if the answer to why is not clear, then replace it with faith and knowing that the end of the story is going to be amazing. That the end of your story is going to be incredible, no matter what's happening. And so the story continues with Joseph, and the promises of God finally begin to come, come through. So he's serving, and he eventually is promoted to second only to Pharaoh in Egypt. Um, in, in Genesis 41, there's a famine, and God had told Joseph to store grain. So Egypt at this time was the only place... Um, in their world that they knew of 
that had grain, that had food. So I want to look at the final interaction here, where you see God's plan finally come together. And when Joseph's family, who had previously sold him into slavery, finally meet the man who they now need to give them food to survive. And I want you to notice a couple of things, how God brought this story together, and also notice Joseph's heart in the story. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 45, verse 4 to 8. Genesis chapter 45, verse 4 to 8. So Joseph, he reveals himself with tears in his eyes. They're terrified. Um, it's, a, it's, it's one of those moments when I read it in the Bible, I get choked up. Because I couldn't imagine just the, how hurt Joseph must have been at this time, seeing his brothers. He didn't know if he would ever see them again. Let's look at the interaction in verse 4. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said... I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been a famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will be no plowing and reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household, and ruler of all Egypt. Joseph never let go of God and his promises. He never forgot the dream that God gave him. He had a godly perspective. His heart didn't even get hard towards his brothers. He kept a loving, merciful, gracious heart towards his brothers, despite his circumstances, and despite the fact that he could point fingers. He held on to God the whole time. There's going to be times in all of our lives where things don't make sense. Where we don't see the big picture. But never, never doubt that God is doing something way more incredible than we could have ever imagined. Especially if it's hard. Thank you guys. All right. Thank you guys so much. And now is a very exciting uh, portion of our service where we're going to see the next generation move up, face the world, go after it with faith and hope and love. And that's what we're going to hear about today. So with that, I'm going to invite Greg and Sandy Owen on stage along with our amazing fourth graders. Let's give it up for them and for the children's ministry, the youth and family ministry. And thank you guys for making this church such an amazing place. For the music, I wasn't listening to what he said because I said, wait for the music. And didn't do that. So, um, go out. Yeah, go out. Come on out, guys. Come on out. All right. Yeah. Okay. I have no idea what that was. Um, I gotta, I gotta tell you something. I gotta tell you something. If you have not taught 
or you're afraid to teach in kingdom kids, or you have some sort of aversion to whatever, I really encourage you to repent because this is so much fun. These kids are amazing, okay? What God teaches us through them is just incredible. So, our class of third and fourth graders, these guys are a blast. They're loud, they're rambunctious, so I fit in really well. And so we, Sandy and I decided we want to, we want to bless these kids as they move up, okay? So we thought of one word for each of you. And so we're going to share that word, and we're going to share what we think, why we came up with that word for each of them, okay? So um, our first, our first moving up person is Miguel. Come over here. Now, Miguel, when we think of when we think of Miguel, okay. I can't see either. I've got to make sure I get the right word. We think we think of inquisitive. We'll be in class, and he'll be like, "But wait a minute, but what? But wait a minute, but what? But wait a minute, but what?" And I love that about you. You don't take things just on the surface. What I want to encourage you with. That is a wonderful attribute that God has given you, that if you give it to God and you let him develop it in you, you'll find him on a deeper level. But you've got to remember, the enemy knows about that too, and he's going to try to use it and get you to rebel using that, or whatever, get you to do something bad with it. So I want to encourage you to give that to God and use that for his for his glory. Amen. So you're gonna come over, stand over here. Stand over here, okay? And you're gonna wait for the next one, okay? The next one's Aurora. When we think of Aurora, we think of a servant. She has the heart of a servant. She loves to come into class, and she loves to help. She loves to be the last one there. She just wants to serve people. And uh, that is just such an amazing quality to have, and that when you go to the preteens in about five minutes, that is something that you can give to them, and they can learn from you, and you can serve them in that way. Amen. Who's next? Caleb. Come over here, buddy. Caleb is a little new to our group. I love this kid. He teaches, he's taught Sandy and me about perseverance. He doesn't give up. We've watched you struggle. We've watched you overcome. Just in a short amount of time, we know you. And you jump right in there and you want to be part of the group. No matter what's going on. And I love that you keep coming back and you keep fighting to do what's right. So I want to encourage you to remember that that's a gift that God's given you and put it to use for him and let him use you. Amen? We love you, Caleb. Come over here. Okay, the next one is Sage. Oh, Sage is not coming up. I apologize. We're going to share about Sage anyway. Okay? Is he out there? Okay. Sage is, he's very sage-like. <laughs> he's, he's, 
he's a very intelligent young man. He thinks very deeply. And I watch him in class. And he doesn't really care about too much when he's in class with us. Until something sparks his attention, you see him wake up and go, wait a minute. And he wants to challenge if it's not right. And I love that about Sage. So when you see Sage, give him a big hug and preteens, watch him because you're going to learn a lot from him. Our next one is Kalia. When I think of Kalia, I think of joy. She is joyful in everything. She is joyful even when she's there's discipline in the class. She's joyful. She's got a smile on her face, and that is such a gift from God. And that's something that is awesome as a preteen and a teen. That is going to take you far. Is to be joyful. It'll help you overcome so much. It'll help other people when they're struggling. It'll just it's going to take you far. And it's such a godly characteristic. And we love you. And as you know, all these kids, they've done great things. And so when we have all these kids, what? oh, Luke! <laughs> we don't forget about you, buddy. That's the thing. Your word, your word is enthusiastic. We, dude, that's one thing we love about you is that we can't forget about you. I love that when we're doing something in class, you're very eager to get involved. When we're having a discussion, you're almost always the first one to raise your hand. You know your Bible. I love that, that you want to share your knowledge and what you've learned about God and what you're learning about the Bible with people. But you, when we're having a game, you're like, I want to go first. You're almost always like, I want to go first. And I love that about you. And I want to encourage you to submit that to God and use it for what He wants you to use it for. Amen? Amen? Great. All right. Yeah. All right. We love you guys. Have a great time in the preteens. Welcome. We're going to call up our middle school group. So for Kyla. Come on up, come on up. Elijah, Jacqueline, and William. Come on up. William. So now we need to Millie Rock. No. So welcome, guys. I'm James Dunn, my beautiful wife and primary care princess. <laughs> We have the honor of uh, serving with the middle school crew last fall, so we just want to take a minute to actually share about them. So first, I want to call up uh, Will Wardzala. There he is. Good to see you, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. So really, two words for Will. It's uh, courage and comedy. Uh, we, we love having him in class. The thing I respect about William is that if he makes a mistake and everybody else is like, ooh, he still bounces back. And he's actually able to, he doesn't take himself too serious. To be able to laugh at yourself is a key skill. Because a lot of us as adults take ourselves a little too serious. So we want to say congratulations to Will going to ninth grade. Congratulations. I have the privilege of sharing um, about Jacqueline. Now, 
Now, Jacqueline is passionate. When she finds something that she's excited about, she becomes effervescent and just a joy. So I just pray that you find the thing that you're excited about in God. <laughs> Next, we have Elijah. Two words for Elijah are height and humor. Uh, uh, but not, not just physical height, because I remember Elijah when he was about half his height years ago, and he kind of sprouted up there. But Elijah asked these really deep questions, and he, when it comes to height and God and how big God is, he has a way as a young man to know how to apply the word. Uh, so he really thinks through, how does this apply to me so it's not just head knowledge? So we definitely believe that there's a lot of seeds planted there. and want to wish you luck as you go to high school, man. Congrats. Last but not least, we have Kyla. <laughs> so Kyla is engaging, she's kind, and she's very supportive. Um, and her love for God is genuine, and I pray that it just grows in depth. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cheat a little bit and share one extra story for Kylo. When Kylo was nine years old, we took a weekend trip and we're like, hey, let's just have house church in a, in a hotel room. I was like, Kylo, can you do the welcome for us? So then she's like, well, what's the lesson on? I was like, oh, we're just having communion. And she's like, no, 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 what's the topic so I can choose a scripture that relates to it? And I was like amazed. Someone put her out there. And I was just sharing out with her dad. I'm like, I can't believe she's nine years old and has the thought of letting you choose a scripture relevant to the lesson. So I just wanted to cheat on that. And congratulations, guys. We'll go to high school. Cool. Cool. You guys can go to school. Can you hear me? So seniors, don't come on stage yet. We have a special movie that we would like to share uh, with you guys. All right. So... And then we'll have you guys come on up. Yeah, she lived, bro. But now I'm just 
his confession. Jesus is Lord! A lot of people came. How are you feeling, Noah? Feeling super pumped. Pumped? <laughs> and I... for you and with that we'd like to invite you guys on stage. We have the seniors come on up. transition and moving on, but you can always take something with you. So we have a very unique gift for you guys. So everyone's going to get a graduation cap with the school, the logo of the school that they'll be going to. And what we'd like you guys to do as a family is to just sign their caps for them so they can always have that with them forever. So without further ado, first person, Alexis Rita. Alexis Reader will be going to West Con and it should be and attending the School of Visual Arts. Thank you, Alexis. 
All right. Next person up, we have Fiona Sackinger. Fiona Sackinger will be going to Kennesaw State University in Georgia. Next up, we have Christine Hoquera. And Christine will be going to univer the University of Connecticut. <laughs> Next up, we have Bryce Wilson. And Bryce will be going to the University of Colorado. All right. Next up, we have Quentin Goodman. And Quentin, as well, will be going to the University of Connecticut. Next up, we have Cody McCreener. And he'll be going to the University of Massachusetts. And next up, we have Noah Clark. And he'll be going to Housatonic Community College. We have Ryan Smith. Oh, he's not here? Okay. Oh, okay. All right. Ryan Smith will be going to Hussitana Community College as well. We have Zach Young. Oh, if you want to Trinity College, this is his cap. Don't forget to sign it. And then last but not least, we have TJ Rosenblum. And he'll be going to Hussitana Community College as well. Give it up for our seniors. All right. Hi guys, so we're, we got the university graduates. Um, so if you guys can all come up, you know who you are. I texted you, so. graduates or people who are moving on to singles. Um, so first I'm going to talk about Angelica. So Angelica graduated cum laude from Southern Connecticut State University. Um, she got departmental honors in social work. Her, uh, <laughs> her thesis was entitled Immigration and Domestic Violence and lots of other things. Um, she is a member of the Social Work and Psychology National Honor Society, and she got her bachelor's in social work with a minor in psychology. <laughs> Next, we have Ashley. So in December, Ashley will, will be graduating with her bachelor's in psychology and sociology. 
so she's moving on to the singles ministry because she only has one more semester left. So. Uh, next up, we have Emily DeGandale. So Emily graduated cum laude from Southern Connecticut State University. Um, she got her bachelor's degree in math. She is a member of the ODK Honor Society and was a senior RA in her senior year. And lastly, for undergraduates, we have Riley. So Riley graduated magna cum laude from University of New Haven. Uh, she was a member of the English Honor Society. Um, she has four school records in track, was named MVP and an All-American. And she got <laughs> her bachelor's in communications and English with a minor in nutrition. Now we have um, our grad student, Christina. So Christina Kubera, um, she's in our singles ministry. She graduated from University of Bridgeport with her master's in education. And she was in the Honor Society Pi Kappa Pi, or Phi. Okay, sure. So <laughs> we're so proud of you. Okay, and lastly, we have Eunice. Just a little So after five years, including two years of research with Syrian refugees, she graduated from Yale School of Medicine <laughs> with her MD. She's now a physician and will start her residency training at Yale. <laughs> in the combined internal medicine and pediatrics four-year program. And we have a few honorable mentions of people who couldn't be here today. So uh, Gladys Ramirez from the Singles Ministry, she actually graduated with her bachelor's in psychology and human services. And then Stefan's going to share about two of the guys that couldn't be here. Yes, so we have Adlai, uh, who has his master's. He has his master's from Sacred Heart University in finance and investment management. Fancy. Uh, and then George, who is also not here, but he has his bachelor's. And he has his bachelor's in mechanical engineering, and obviously, we all love that. We're proud of all of our graduates. We love you guys so much. Amen. Great love to All right. What an amazing day. There has been so much going on, so much great news, so much encouragement. I'm so glad we all get to be here to be a part of that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and close out here in just a moment, uh, but I just do want to share a couple of things with you. You know, the Bible says that we all as a family rejoice together, and uh, indeed we did rejoice together today. But uh, 
and when one rejoices, we all rejoice. But also when one suffers, we all suffer. And being a family, we're very tied in together with everything that's going on in our lives. Uh, as you remember, last week it was announced that uh, Juan and Charlene were pregnant and, uh, and how encouraging that was. And then uh, later in the week, we sent out an announcement that things were not going well uh, with the pregnancy and for all to be uh, praying about that. And so uh, I regret to let you know that they did lose the baby. Uh, the baby was born actually 11.30 p.m. Friday night, Calise Marie, and uh, they were 23 weeks when she was born, so it was very, very premature. And uh, she was with them for about 45 minutes and um, passed away. So pray for them and for the family. Let's pray God in prayer. Father, we love you so much, and we thank you so much for this family that we have, and it's great to rejoice today and to be able to see just great things going on in our family and people being joyful, but it's sad to know that right now we have two of our family members that are, that are very much in grief, and uh, it's, a, it's a very difficult time for them. And so, Father, we want to pray for them. We want to pray for... Um, for Khalees, we know she's with you right now, and uh, we're encouraged by that. And we pray, God, that we can continue to work together as a family to grow closer and to appreciate each other. Father, we thank you so much for building this ministry that we have here, and we pray, God, that you continue to help us to grow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, everyone, will you please stand? We're going to sing one more song, and Jeff said the song, um, What a Fellowship, because it is amazing the family we have, that we have each other to uh, celebrate with and to mourn with and to just really help each other through.